Hey guys, Kim and I have a special guest on today. It's one of Kim's past college roommates who I also used to see back from school, Teresa. So Teresa and I roomed together our junior year of college and she's become one of my bestest friends since then and I'm so happy to have her on right now. What's up? How's it going? What's up guys? Yeah, this is, this feels like just another college night in 809, the, the room that we used to live live in. Um, I feel like Trisha was like our honorary roommate. She was there all the time. My go-to apartment. We had all the wine and cheese. Manchego cheese. Your baby. Manchego cheese. <laughs> I feel like we knocked down like a bottle of wine in a day <laughs> in that apartment. Of like Riesling and Moscato. Like I feel like we would each have our own leader. Yep. Oh yeah, the 1.5 liters. Oh my oh, god. Barefoot. Barefoot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> god, how are we still alive? <laughs> we wanted to have an episode that was kind of representative of just conversations from college and just kicking it back and talking about things that matter to us. These things are so much easier to do when you're around your friends all the time, but having you here, Teresa, today, it would be like taking it back into time and just talking about things that matter to us. Today we have Teresa on to discuss the issue surrounding social media usage, its impact on mental health, and ways we can healthily utilize social media in our lives. I know that we were thinking about, you know, what topics to talk about, and you mentioned that social media is something that you're very interested in talking about, and it's a topic dear to you, so I just wanted to ask why that is and why social media is meaningful to you, like this whole topic in general. Sure, yeah, great question that I actually haven't even really thought about. Because, yeah, when, when Kim was asking to come on, I felt like I had a bunch of topics in mind. I didn't quite know what topic to pick because I, I, I'm always that person when someone asks, like, oh, like, what do you like to do? And, like, what's your, what's your passion? I, like, always kind of struggle to pick, like, what, you know, what is it that my niche is and... What is it that I've struggled with? And I try to think about what conversations I feel like I tend to go on tangents on. And social media is one of them. Like social, whenever I talk about social media with someone, I find that I'm like 10 times more engaged. I'm like, I just relate a lot to the struggle and effect that it has on people. I think more so, maybe even more so than an average human. Because to caveat, not everybody is negatively affected by it in the way that I thought. Um, I had thought that everybody thought about it the same way as I did and was negatively, ne negatively affected by it the same way as I was. Um, but it's not the case. Like I would bring it up with people and I realized some people have a really great relationship with social media. And I was like, damn, I want that. I guess the reason why it's something that I like to talk about, something that I feel like I've struggled with a lot is because of how attached I got to it and how in denial of that attachment I was. I was the type of person to be like, oh yeah, I don't really care about what people think. I'm like this, you know, I'm super chill girl. Like I don't really post much, but when I post, it's like something funny, whatever. Like <laughs> I always like to play, I always liked to play this role of like, I don't really care. But underneath the surface growing up in high school and college, I cared so, so, so much. But I, I think that hurt me the most because I think some of my friends who were just so much more open about caring, they at least like acknowledged that and were able to like keep it in their life in a, in a way that was healthy and 
they're just, you know, it's kind of like that thing where it's like you have things in your life where you know it's like bad for you, but you keep it in in a certain certain level, then it's okay. Everything in moderation. When did you start using social media and how have you find found that your usage has changed and transformed since you began? So I got to say MySpace? Friendster. Oh, I remember this now. Yeah. I visited the Philippines and I was with my cousins and they were all creating. Do you remember Friendster? I was never on Friendster. I actually don't know what that is. Okay. It's basically MySpace. Basically Facebook too. My cousins were all creating accounts and it's funny because I, I still use the same password that I made when I was, I think it was, I was like nine years old. But yeah, we were all creating accounts at this computer store. This is the time where you have to go to this, like, to the place, like, where they have all these computers and, like, you have to, like, pay to use a computer type of thing. Like, nobody had their own. And I created an account then. That's when I started using it. But I think more... More so was like MySpace. I think AIM kind of counts in a way. Right. Wait, how old were you? Middle school, I think. Like, mm-hmm. so how old were you in middle school? 13, 12. 13, 10, 12, 10 yeah. to 14. Yeah. And I think Facebook came right around that area too. Like that shift from MySpace to Facebook. Um, so then I started using Facebook. And I, I will say I was actually one of the early adopters of Instagram too. Like before it became a social media platform. It was just this tool that people use to take photos and put filters on them. Like people, and it was all about like that kind of art. It was more like Visco, I feel like. Snapchat came into the picture later, but what about you guys? When did, when did you guys start using it? I started using social media pretty late. So I started, someone tried, like forced me to get a Facebook when I was 14 years old, literally forced me in biology class. And I said, all right, fine, I'll get a Facebook. And then I used to be the girl that posted all those weird status updates every two minutes (laughs) about, I'm peeing now, I'm happy today, that kind of thing. (laughs) For me, it was just Facebook, Snapchat, and then Instagram. I never had like the MySpace or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So I was actually one of the late adopters of social media. And my concerns with social media have been more recent in the past few years, I would say. So I'll get more into that later. But what about you, Kim? I was a pretty late adopter too. I mean, I used AIM early on, like early middle school, but I would say the actual first social media platform I was on was Facebook in like eighth grade. And the only reason I got into Facebook in the first place was because a classmate approached me one day and asked me, how come I'm your only friend on Facebook? And I'm like, I don't even have a Facebook account. And so that was the reason why I created one. I found the fake profile and someone used this unflattering picture of me. I was clearly like the butt of the joke for some reason, you know, reported the profile. And that's when my idea of social media as more of like an outlet for me to gain control of my narrative. Like that's that's the beginning of like when I thought, okay, I can use social media to now present myself in a way where... I felt like people had mischaracterized me in the past or like they had this different impression of me because, you know, I dealt with like bullying and being picked on since I was like young. And so that's when I felt like social media was more of like a tool, if anything, for me to switch the narrative around. Do you feel like you still have like how do you feel about the current state of where you're at with social media and that narrative? When one of my YouTube videos became viral, that was when I really shifted my mindset on it because what was once a safe space for me to 
put myself out there and just express my interest, I realized it could also be a very negative space because, you know, it didn't matter like how much I was filtering out comments or people telling me like, don't read the comments, don't read like all the negative stuff. You know, it's hard for you to not when you're in that position, you know, like you're creating something for fun and your own amusement, you're putting it out there with good intentions, and then you receive some backlash for some reason. It's hard to not think about the negatives, you know? Um, And so that's why like I did have to take a break from that for a few months, you know? I didn't really post at all for a few months. My relationship with social media has definitely fluctuated. And now I don't post as much. I feel like I'm more private of a person. Like I like to keep moments for myself these days. Um, So that's sort of like where I'm at. I know that one of the things that I kind of realized with social media, a few years ago was that I need to figure out my purpose for social media. So when I initially got Facebook back in the day, I added 500, 600 people, anyone that I would know, even like someone's dogs, cousins, hamsters, like on to like, I would add on Facebook, like literally anyone. And then over the years, I got more picky with it. But I think like establishing a purpose behind it. So Facebook was more like, it became more of a tool for me to just search people up if I want to know who someone is, just general information. I just want to add them on like a contacts list, almost like a phone contacts list. That's what Facebook turned into. Instagram turned into more of I want to share like few times a year a travel pic or I don't know, me enjoying my life or something. But it wasn't more it wasn't like a, I'm going to post every week or I'm going to post every other day or try to keep this up because then that purpose would change. So, yeah, changing my purpose behind how I was using social media helped me too and Snapchat streaks too and sending memes and things like that. All of that was just like, all right, this is how I'm going to stay connected with people because I can't text everyone all the time. Yeah, a question about the that's so crazy. I like re- I resonate with the whole purpose thing so much. When I started to think about why I was posting certain things and why I was sharing things, I think that's when I started to realize that I didn't necessarily like the relationship that I had on on Instagram in particular. Because um, I think a lot of people have a similar purpose for each of those platforms. Like, yeah, Facebook is just like, could be the contacts list. Instagram is for maybe sharing and then Snapchat for like the closer connections. But you mentioned Instagram being, for example, somewhere that you post like maybe once a week, um, like something like travel highlights. And I'm assuming that's kind of like um, just to share like positive experiences in your life and updates in your life to to people that you care about so that they kind of know what's going on and that you can bond over that. Maybe someone's been to the same place, things like that. But I think it could be totally different for things like stories where you're posting every day. I don't know, correct, correct me if I'm wrong, like, would you say that's, like, kind of accurate, like, the reasons why, like, you share on Instagram are for those reasons? Or- I think everyone's kind of doing their own thing, right, with Instagram or social media. For example, if someone wants to make money off of it, they're going to post every day, several times a day. They might post on their actual account every day because they might want to be an Instagram influencer. And they're looking for, uh, what are those, sponsorships, more views, more likes. And we don't really know everyone's stories in terms of why they're posting every day. Um, So I I do kind of take into account some things are businesses. Some people use their brand and their face and their body and their image as a business for themselves or like a tool to make money. 
um, or get connections that way. I think it depends person to person. That's why establishing your own relationship with it, I think, is important. Like, what are you trying to gain out of it? Because I might be sitting here feeling insecure over an influencer's pictures every single day of something nice and pretty. And it's like, I'm wondering, why are you posting every single day? But I don't really know, you know, and everyone can do their own thing and everyone might have their own purpose that's why I think just I don't know if that answers what you were yeah kind of asking but I try not to think about why somebody else is doing it I just I try to establish why I'm doing it and then if someone doesn't want to see my stuff they can easily either mute me or fill their feet up with different other types of content yeah no well I do my own thing that definitely answers it I think I think that's honestly such a good way to approach it and it like self-reflecting a little bit it I feel like now it makes me realize that I think I project a little bit sometimes in terms of like wondering oh why are these all these people posting um when in reality like the reason why I'm I'm wondering all these things and maybe making judgments is because I know that deep down in, in my heart that when I post it's for reasons that I may not really agree, like want myself to be posting for and so it's just like a little bit of a projection on my part. Um, like, for example, if I had a more pure or maybe positive relationship with it in that I was sharing for, like, reasons that I actually liked and and aligned with, um, maybe I wouldn't think about all of those things about other people and why, you know. But, yeah, you, you mentioned muting. I think something that I know we were thinking about talking about was, like, how we cope with social media and like the things that we do to kind of take control. I feel like it, it brings me to this thought that I had around why is it so like, like what's up? Like why is it such a, has such a high impact on you? And I think for me, it's, it's you know how a lot of people uh, say that like, it's about, oh yeah, like I just don't like how it, it eats up my time and I'm scrolling. Like I feel like that's one of the most common reasons why people say it's, oh, it's bad for your mental health because of the time that you spend on it and how much time it takes out of your day. So for me, it's, that's definitely a thing. Like I definitely wish it didn't take as much time, but for me, it's less so the concrete number of minutes that it takes from my day, but more the effect that it has on my mind, even when I'm not on it. Like it affects how I walk around when I'm exploring and I'm looking at things. I notice that when I'm like on social media, like air quotes on social media, I'm like using it a lot. The way I look at things, the way I think, the way the, the decisions I make are so different from when I'm off of it. And that's what I hate. Can you give an example? Um, yeah, let's think. So I haven't been off for a while. I'm in a place where I'm very much so on it. <laughs> so maybe this is good. <laughs> yeah, so I guess one, th- one thing that I feel like I've been doing more to combat just like it eating up my brain space is like I just kind of stopped posting. I deleted a bunch of posts. I don't really post on stories publicly anymore. You probably noticed. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do post on close friends where I just share with like my closest friends. I'm super comfortable. It's like low risk and it's really, really chill. But I've even noticed with that, like when I walk around and I'm exploring this new city that I live in, for those listening, I, I just moved to San Francisco from New York and I do a lot of exploring. And I don't necessarily think this is a bad thing, but I, I, something I notice is that when I walk around, I feel like I'm constantly bringing up my phone or looking at something and being like, oh, like 
I should share this. And like, I, I take a photo of it. I maybe put it in my story drafts. And then I'm like, oh no, I don't need to post this. And the amount of times that I, I go through that cycle as mm. I explore, as I do things, it's, it's too much for me. <laughs> like, I, I don't feel like I'm, I'm as present when I'm in those places that I'm, I'm going to. And it's just some brain space that I was wishing didn't take up, you know? It's really interesting um, that you mentioned this because I was doing a little bit of research and I think I can kind of put words to maybe what you're feeling in your mind and your body. But you could correct me if I'm wrong. So yeah. I am really interested in neuroscience and I'm always looking into how certain things affect your brain. And I know that some of this is common knowledge about how extended use of social media can create changes in your attention span, in your brain's reward pathways, and in your memory processes, but it kind of sounds like you have scattered attention because of social media, and it's actually a scientific fact. There's something called like variable ratio reinforcement that I was reading about where you're constantly excited and rewarded to see fresh new posts. So it doesn't matter if you're following like funny accounts or like self-help accounts or you have people on your feed, like just seeing new posts, it becomes like this addiction and your brain is like constantly rewarded um, to post on there and then to also get the reinforcement from other people and other people have viewed your stories or liked your posts. So things like that. And then um, it literally changes your brain structure, like how you process information and then it changes how you remain focused too. So like extended use of social media can make you more distracted and affects your brain's ability to actually naturally change, which is called neuroplasticity. And so if neuroplasticity is affected, you feel scatterbrained all the time and you feel like you're, you can't actually change. Like you're stuck in this loop or even if you want to be committed to a process of change or doing something for yourself, it's like you're always going back to this drug or alcohol or whatever that addiction is. Social media happens to be that thing that's taking a hold on you. And there's so many other things. And like the last thing to mention on this is that with memory processes, your brain receives a message when you're recording something that you've now outsourced this information. You've externalized it. So your brain doesn't need to hold on to it anymore. So people actually miss out on core memories and experiences because they're recording those occasions that are happening in front of them it sends a message to your brain that you don't actually need to remember so we kind of go through our lives like not actually capturing our important moments so maybe that's why you feel a little bit like hooked onto your phone and unable to like focus maybe you just feel like scatterbrained because a lot of because of a lot of those things yes yes <laughs> scatterbrains is exactly exactly how I feel and it's not a feeling that I like I definitely think that the relation between social media and a drug it definitely applies and the like the endorphins that you get from like the reinforcement and stuff like that even though I'm not like 100% participating in it right now I still do in a in a small way but I think thinking back to like when we first started on Facebook when Instagram wasn't a thing I used to be that person that would definitely look at the like count of the profile photos that I would change I would really value that. I would be like, oh, if this photo doesn't get this amount of likes, then it's probably not good and I'm probably not good enough and stuff like that. And, mm -hmm. and that was kind of like a outdated or like a cliche thing that people would talk about in the past. And Instagram doesn't even show those anymore, I don't think, to, to an extent. Like they've hit it in certain places. Yeah, I think it gives you the yeah. option, yeah. Okay. So it's, it's less of a thing now, and especially for myself, but I think it's still 
it's still that whole dynamic manifests in other small ways on the platform still. Um, like whether or not people view something like a story, whether or not people react to it, how many people react to it, um, stuff like that, that, that I still very much so tie my value to sometimes. Do you feel like you have a good relationship with it? When I first started on Instagram, I don't think I had a healthy attachment. You know, as I mentioned, due to my past, I had a very low self-esteem. So I found myself checking the number of likes, the number of comments, and I did receive the sense of validation from it. Um, you know, this was like high school years and even early college days too. I felt like I was always on Instagram. Um, I would spend so long just like filtering through photos and like editing it. Like it was also like an aesthetic thing because I, I enjoyed it. But deep down, I did receive some sense of validation. Like it made me feel better. But I realized, I don't know at what point, but it was unhealthy. So that's why I decided to just like mute my notifications entirely. Like I don't have notifications on for any single social media. And I also deleted Snapchat. Um, Cause I think I, I overheard like one friend phrasing it this way. It was like, why are we spending so much time watching other people live their life instead of just living and being and so that sort of shifted my mentality to not be so caught up in like what other people doing are doing you know especially when like the peak of snapchat i felt like i was getting fomo all the time i haven't always had a great relationship with social media it's better now that i've like pulled my reins in but i do think there is a nice middle ground with it what about you guys well first of all it's yeah. great that you've like found uh found a nice balance with it I feel like that's really powerful. Yeah. Like it's a it's a big part of your life that you feel like now you have like control over. So I have a little story. Let me know if you guys resonate with this at all. But I know people's consumption of social media changed during the pandemic because we were left with nothing but our phones to not only track the news about COVID. And at one point, every time there was a new case, I don't know if you guys remember in the beginning, it was like we'd hear like, oh, three people in this town have it and this person in this state has it. So we were always on our phones. But I think throughout the pandemic, because I personally, I wasn't seeing my friends and I really wasn't going anywhere or seeing anyone. And at one point I resigned from my job too during the pandemic to kind of focus on myself and figure out what I wanted to do. My only consumption of information became social media and mostly Instagram. So one of the things that... I did do was kind of curate my feed to only consume posts that I would want to consume and only follow people that I want to actually see what they're up to. But on the other end, before I did all of that, I was kind of just looking at a lot of influencers, reels, they kind of just pop up and then you end up seeing people's TikToks and their reels and what their days are looking like. And it kind of started affecting my brain where I started getting very self-critical and it was mostly about physical appearance because weight has been something that I've struggled with because of various chronic health conditions. And whenever I would look in the mirror, I would just be super um, analytical about my weight. So at one point last year, actually, there was like a couple months period where I stopped eating like carbs and I started like crash dieting and doing all this crazy stuff completely cut out sugar for a long period of time and I was so hard on myself about it and I started nitpicking at my body and little little parts of me that 
I had the same exact body, I had the same exact nose, and the same exact figure, like, all these years, you know, like, nothing changed, if anything, I probably lost a little bit of weight since then, but I was nitpicking more, and I realized it's because I didn't have as many things distracting me, and the only information I was feeding into my mind was social media and all these other people, and on social media, you're looking at people's best selves, and you're looking at, like, the highlights of their life most of the times, you know, so it's like I'm seeing a small portion of someone's life and I unfortunately am seeing my entire life and I have access to my entire mind. So obviously that's going to be a losing battle for me. And so I started attacking myself because of that information that I was feeding to myself all the time. And that's when I realized, wait, social media is actually like I had something to compare to. It's actually really bad for your body image your self-esteem and I always knew it intuitively but this kind of happened for me real time last year yeah I definitely resonate with that um it's something that I actually don't normally kind of vocalize the reason why I struggle with it too is I've had very similar struggles in terms of like body image weight gain and comparison and it's something that I'm honestly still feel like I'm very much so struggling with in relation to social media and not relation to with it and I do I feel like it's really it shows a lot of strength that you kind of were able to like you said you like kind of curated your feed I did yeah I made it all like mental health psychology based things that would help my brain (laughs) rather than hurt me yeah that's amazing you think it's helped I think so because I think when you repetitively and maybe we've talked about this on a previous episode, um, Kim and I, but when you, your subconscious mind gets rewired by repetition. So when you're repetitively seeing something, it's going to affect you. So you have to be really careful about what you're repetitively listening to, yeah. taking in. So just being strategic with that, you can be on social media 24 hours of the day and not sleep. But if the information you're taking in is positive and healthy, at least that's better than otherwise. I feel like it. it- it has this overarching theme of like social media in its default state without curating it, without intentionally following all these counts and muting. It tells you what it wants you to see and you have no control over what it shows you. And it typically mm-hmm. shows on the thing, shows you the things that you're addicted to and not necessarily stuff that you really want to see in that moment, um, leading to that scatterbrained mind. Like, you know, you're just walking, you open up your phone, some random thing shows up. And your mind travels in that way and maybe is in that way mm-hmm. for like the next two hours and you don't even realize it. I actually muted everybody except for it. So like I at first tried <laughs> to create a separate account where it was like my, my cool, like, you know, news and health and like great, good account that like no, I'd followed nobody but, you know, all of these great accounts. And I was like, I'm only going to be on here. But then I found that like I would kind of just flip back to my regular account. And then just like same thing would happen. Um, so then I tried deactivating then I, or like dele- deleting the app. I feel like I am Instagram's like most installed user because I like in- uninstall it and install it so many times. <laughs> um, but that even that didn't work like to show how addicted I was. I would like go on Safari um, and like I would go on there. I would go on my computer. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to get someone to change my password. So then I, I got someone to change my password so that I couldn't log in. And I still was able to find a way in. There's apparently a way that you don't need your password. You just need, like, it's con- if it's connected to your email, you can like have it email you and then you can log in. And I, and I found my way in. And I was like, I always thought I was the type of person that 
feel like I have a lot of self-control. But when it comes to this, I feel like I'm just so, you know, mm-hmm. attached. Finally, something that I think is working. I, I kept my normal account. I reactivated it. Deleted all. Don't look at all the others. And followed all, like, kind of like you, Trisha, I just followed all these mental health accounts. You know, search mental health, follow, 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 follow. <laughs> just, like, fill my feed. Mm-hmm. But then I realized, like, Instagram's not giving me any of this. It's not, like, it's kind of burying all of these, like, highly followed mental health accounts underneath like all these other accounts so I'm like all right, I need to mute all these other ones <laughs> so even till this day like every time I see an account that's like a friend or like like a distant friend I have a lot of distant friends on there um I've just been going on muting them so now you go to my feed and it's not just mental health but just like things that I, I want to learn about maybe local businesses communities that I care about public figures stuff like that and so I'm in a place now where I have my account and I only see that and if I want to check in on friends, what I do is, is I go to my DMs and I like kind of click through the, the people who I actually talk to and see what's going on in their lives when I want to and intentionally. Mm. Or I search someone up. I'm like, oh, what's this person doing? I want to check in on them. I, I go to the search bar and I, I go there. You don't get to tell me who I like check in on. I get to go there. I like that. And so that's been really, really helpful. Question for you both. So... I mute a lot of people, but I've also gone through many unfollowing sprees. So I would like to know your opinion on unfollowing people versus muting them. And why do you choose to do one over the other? So for me with unfollowing, I first check who's unfollowed me. I literally had this moment once a few years ago where I checked and I saw who unfollowed me. Oh, if you unfollowed that, me, right? I'm unfollowing you. Yeah, there's an I app for that. that app. Oh, I, so I, that think I shared first. an app with you about that. <laughs> I think I was there. Yeah, Kim. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's how that happened. So that was my first line of like, all right, unfollows. There's no way I'm, fo- you know. And then some of it is interesting. Like, hmm, I wonder why this person unfollowed me. That also affects your mental health. You don't even want to be thinking about that. So that was the first thing I did. And then Wait, after that. This was like um, whenever Kim showed me. I, I don't remember exactly when. This but... might have been like senior year, I think, or like yeah, a, it was like a year ago. after that. Sometime like that. And then I actually did it one more time when I was a bit out of college too because after that, people go on their own unfollowing sprees. So that was interesting. But then I tend to really check in with my intuition a lot. So if I feel like the slightest bit of anxiety when I see someone's post or when I if I start tracking that, right? If I see like a few posts, post from this person and I'm feeling anxious I really have to sit down and check in with myself why do I feel this way and it could be like a me thing like oh I feel insecure because of this person but it could also be like my relationship with that person was I didn't you know it didn't take the best turn or things happened between us or the person just doesn't make me feel good for whatever reason in that moment I know that for me I want to maximize the amount of time that I'm trying to feel good in my life so if I'm going to keep feeling Mm -hmm. this way I could just cut you out so I could increase my feeling good time so those were like the two things that I did like I checked who unfollowed me and then I just started noticing patterns and how I feel with certain people's posts and then unfollowing them eventually muting is just like someone posts like 56 times a day and you keep popping up in my (laughs) recents and I'm just sick and tired of that so I'll just mute you so for me I don't I've never on I yeah I've never unfollowed people I've it's always been just muting I feel like there's a couple reasons um well maybe I'll maybe I'll go on my unfollowing spree I just never really thought about it that's one reason like 
I just never thought to unfollow people. I, I like haven't looked at that unfollow app in a while. Just and, and like I think that's one part that I was able to stop caring about. Like if someone unfollows me, it's fine. <laughs> I think low key. <laughs> Look, and this is like something I don't really care about anymore, so maybe I should do this. But when I was younger, I cared a lot about follower count. <laughs> like, I cared, I was very insecure growing up about how many friends that I had, just because I was always that type of girl to not really be a part of a squad and like have all the friends. I was always the smaller circle girl when I was younger. I was, I was always insecure about having friends, and so I cared a lot about like how many followers I had and how many people I was following and the ratio <laughs> I don't know if you guys remember the, the ratio, ratio. <laughs> that was all around my high school like people yeah. would purposely not follow people back because they wanted to keep this ratio of having yeah. more followers than people they were following yeah oh god horrible I like I totally cared about that I would like go through and like who who can I unfollow but then they still might follow me so I can like improve my ratio <laughs> <laughs> but I think there's also this small there's a small part of me that's always like, oh, but like, what if like in five years I move to a city and like this person is there and I want to connect with them? You know, it's kind of like using it similar mm-hmm. to Facebook and LinkedIn where I don't want to lose this little connection that I might be able to benefit from. So why you know, just mute them, mute posts and stories. And it's almost as if like you're not following them. Um, and then they, you don't get the, the shade and you don't make them think about it if they're the type to think about on followers. I have a question for you guys. Do you use accounts like Instagram. I know Kim, you deleted Snapchat, but if you still have Snapchat, um, Teresa, do you feel like you use these accounts to keep in touch with people in place of actually talking to them, picking up the phone, calling, texting? Have you used it as a way of just subtly keeping tabs on people or keeping in touch with them through memes or whatever it is? I know I do that. So, And do you feel like that's an artificial way of communicating and connecting with others? And that's affecting our society. How do you feel about all that? Um, It's so interesting you ask because I hadn't had Snapchat for the past couple of years. But just this week, I reinstalled it Um, for multiple reasons. One, I was just curious, oh, who still uses this thing? And uh, two, recently I've been getting into this phase of diversifying my numbing tactics. It's like a theme in my life right now. And just not having one thing be the thing I always go to, but like, not that Snapchat's any better, but maybe it is better because it's like a very small group of people now. But I guess one example is like, I feel like I kind of stopped watching TV for a lot of years and I've I've been trying to reintroduce it because I feel like part of the reason why I'm so attached to social media is because I'm the type of person to take out everything in my life. Mm -hmm. Then when like I have one thing, I'll like always use it. So yeah, reinstalled Snapchat. I don't really use it all that much. Um, In terms of your question about does keeping tabs on people replace human interaction with your close friends, I definitely think so to an extent. For me, I don't think I really use it in a way that replaces FaceTimes and calls and texts that I would have sent. Sometimes it even increases that because I I share a post with someone and it spurs a conversation. I'm like, oh yeah, let's go and FaceTime. You know, like it usually usually my reactions are like that, interactions are like that. But what I do want to say is the keeping tabs thing. One thing I've noticed in my experiment with like muting and like all this stuff, part of the reason why I like Instagram right now is for new friendships. I definitely think it's both creating opportunities for new friendships to develop, but also possibly replacing like a for example, like say I meet someone at an event 
and we exchange Instagrams. And I feel like in those moments, that's when social media is really cool because you can kind of like see into their lives when you're first getting to know them and then kind of like base your engagement with them on that a little bit and then maybe like set up some time to hang. I think that's helpful and it could be conducive to like building more friendships, but it's also it takes away from just having each other's number and just being like, hey, look, let's go get coffee or something. So I think it's, it's good and bad. Um, do you guys resonate with the, the newer friendships thing? Yeah, I feel like it's always easier to send each other your Instagrams than like your phone number because sometimes you don't want to give a new connection your number right off the bat. Um, I do feel like it's shady though when people ask for your Snapchat out of everything first because why do you want to be on a social <laughs> media where you can't read the messages, you know, they, they get deleted. Um, that hasn't happened to me personally, but I know it does happen. So like the type of social media you use initially does matter. But yeah, I feel like Instagram is fair. Yeah, because it's, it's a low touch communication. It's not as vulnerable to like a post, to respond to a story. Um, and like then like kind of ease your way, slide into the DMs and start conversations there. And not even slide as in like, you know, like the, the creepy slide, but like, you know, it's friendship mm. slide because I feel like that <laughs> um, it's so much less vulnerable to do that than to just hit up someone and be like, hey, I kind of feel like we could be friends. Do you want to hang out or do you want to like talk on the, you know, it's like it kind of eases you into it. And like I said, it creates more opportunity because you don't have to be as vulnerable right away. And that's the reason why I've kind of brought it back into my life because I felt like, when I, especially when I was traveling to new cities, I wanted that opportunity to, to meet people in this way. Um, when people would ask me for my Instagram and I was like, oh, I deactivated it. I felt like I was missing out on possible friendships because I would give my number and then nothing would happen. So I feel like we've mentioned Instagram a lot in you know how we perceive ourselves with comparison and all that but I'm wondering does other social media make you guys feel that way because I personally love Twitter I, I go on Twitter for news I go on Twitter just for funny things memes so I don't know if you guys feel differently depending on what type of social media yeah I, I like I like Pinterest I don't know if that counts but I think it really gets my creative juices flowing and um I know Instagram is very visual, but Twitter is not as visual. I know you could put like pictures on Twitter and things like that, but maybe it's the visual aspect of Instagram that makes it more toxic, quote unquote toxic. But I don't feel that way about any other form of social media, honestly, um, other than Instagram. I'm okay. What about TikTok? I don't have TikTok. I deleted TikTok within a day of having it. <laughs> I, I need to, maybe I need to get it back, but I, I do not like TikTok. Oh. I I love TikTok. I could be on TikTok for a bit too long, but I find TikTok to be very informative at times. Like, I don't think it's as toxic as Instagram. I'm, I'm using toxic like loosely because it is based off of your interests. So I do get a lot of like self-help content, but I know like a lot of people also get like thirst traps and things like that. And I don't think we're meant to be seeing this many beautiful people in the world. It's sort of like how you guys curate your Instagram feed to have a lot of, um, you know, like psychology stuff or like mental health and well-being. That's sort of like what my TikTok is curated to. So that's why I don't find that it's as negative of a space for me to be in. Yeah, I think that's it. Like, I don't necessarily think that and this isn't me like protecting my company at all. Like I definitely feel like 
Um, Instagram has its downsides, but I don't think that the product itself and the layout is necessarily what's toxic. I think it's the fact that it's kind of like the core place that everybody is on and the way in which people use it, like the culture of it and how people use it a lot. And like most of our inner circles, outer circles are using it. I think that's because if you think about it, it's like a very similar platform as a TikTok or mm-hmm. I feel like the big theme is that like, in all those other places, we feel like we kind of have control um, over what we see. It sounds like a theme that's kind of coming up for us. is like our relationship with social media is related to how we take control of it and not letting it control us. So I think like it doesn't really matter the platform or whatever account you're using, but as long as you are taking control of it and noticing how you feel and curating your feeds um, and following the accounts that you want to follow and stuff is coming up for you that you actually want to be seeing, um, then I think then I think maybe it's not so bad. And also limiting the amount of time you're on it. So setting timers, deleting the apps when you feel like you need a social media cleanse. Um, so it, it really is, I think, about control. At least that that's a theme that has that's sort of popping up for me from our conversation, that social media is clearly bad for our brains. It's bad for our bodies um, and probably detrimental to our relationships too a little bit. Um, Mm -hmm. not even getting into like romantic relationships or even like the work scene, how employers use social media to, to stalk you. So all of a sudden something that you're doing for yourself and you're posting for yourself is now being tracked by outside people to potentially be used against you. I think since it's such a messy thing, it's really something that like we have to get control over and it's important to remember that so that it doesn't control our lives. If you were to redesign the app, in a way that gives people a little bit more control? Is there something in mind that you feel like you wish it had? Or something about it that was different? Instagram specifically? Sure, yeah. I have one, as you think about it. The reason I ask is because I, for example, like the muting thing that I went through, I wish you could like bulk mute. (laughs) Like, like kind of like, (laughs) just kind of go through and be like, okay, I want to see this and I don't want to see this show me this. And maybe it's not muting and maybe it's kind of just like prioritizing, like allowing you to say, hey, Instagram, I want to see all these things first and then you can show me. Like kind of allowing us to be the in control of the ranking, you know, instead of it guessing. and The it, algorithm. Yeah, the algorithm. <laughs> oh, that's, that's similar to how like Twitter and TikTok both have this like not interested feature where if you don't vibe with a certain post, you can just click not interested and then you'll show you'll be shown less material like that yeah i didn't know about that interface too like stories are right on top if they were like hidden and then you could choose to say like oh i want to see stories then oh, a panel could yes. open up because some things your fingers will just get directed to those things because they're in front of your face so just yeah. changing what's in front of my face so i don't click it <laughs> yo oh my god actually this reminds me oh maybe i should share this with you guys and you can include this or not but there was so this is actually one thing i I was going to talk about, um, but I do feel like that social media and Instagram, when you have a crush on someone, that's when it also like, I feel like it very much so makes that experience harder. (laughs) Um, And I I wrote, there was this one morning, um, I think it was like last year, 
where I wrote like a little snippet of just like how I woke up and then immediately like, because you mentioned the word like your thumb goes to the stories. Um, I think I, I labeled it like instant, you know, the, the term instant gratification. I think mm-hmm. I labeled it instant thumbification about how our thumbs, they're <laughs> just like looking to f- like, like give me endorphins. Like what, what, what can give me endorphins right now? And then it's just, it's just like swiping through your phone. Um, whether that be Instagram or even texts, like looking at your phone and like wanting, wanting that little red dot and like feeling like, oh yeah, you know, someone's thinking about me or cares about me, like finding that or, <laughs> or like, oh, Gmail, oh yeah, emails. Like, I don't know, it's just like, I want new, like kind of what you were mentioning earlier, Trisha, about wanting new things, new posts. Um, I get excited. My thumb gets really excited about new anything. <laughs> Maybe I'll share this. Is, is it okay? Do we have time? Yeah, yeah. Okay yeah, go ahead. Okay. It's, it's like a little paragraph. So it's called Instant Thumbification, December 17, 11, 11.01 a.m. Small thing that I've noticed I've been doing a lot is checking my iMessage for texts obsessively. When I see no blue dot, oh, okay, and this says, this says blue dot because I, I like disabled the badging on all of my apps because I was like, oh, my thumb, like, you know, the red dots are too, like, you know, <laughs> I, want, I don't want that to control my feelings. So, I, so now the next layer was the blue dot that you get when like you go into iMessage and you get the blue dot on the top left with like the number of messages you have. But yeah, I go, when I see no blue dot, I feel empty and numb. I hold my breath, swipe up, and my thumb swipes until it feels something novel, happy, new, or exciting. Once it finally feeds the interesting content to the rest of my brain, my heart, and my body, I breathe again, this time feeling more endorphins enter with the breath. There are times where I don't feel anything and my thumb just is dancing around from app to app, waiting for a notification or at least something to pull me in and feel productive. I notice what I'm doing, I swipe back up to the home screen. I lock my phone and look up. I look up, I, I think the rest actually might not be as related. I'll read it anyways. I look up at my computer screen of Chrome windows with tabs so crammed they look like egg cartons. Now I want eggs, but no, I need to do my work so I don't come to this meeting tomorrow empty handed, a failure. I click around my screen attempting to write an email I've been dreading. I get stuck, so I look at my phone. I feel like a failure. I pick it up and I swipe around through all of the friction that I've created for myself. An example of that was that I put Instagram on page like 10, (laughs) like iMessage on page 10. (laughs) So if I wanted to check my iMessages, I would have to swipe all the way there. Um, I go to iMessage and I scroll through, still no blue dot, but oh, a message I forgot to respond to. Let's respond so that maybe I can get a blue dot back in a few minutes, but wait, what if I don't want to respond to that person? And let me just let it sit. I don't have the energy to set boundaries right now. And I should probably be working anyways. <laughs> so that's the little snippet I wrote. And I think, I think that's the real reason why, why I feel like, and that's like iMessage. That's not even social media, but I think social media had a very similar effect on me. But that's an, a, an example of my scatterbrained mind when I'm trying to do work. Like I would just pick up my phone every time I couldn't, write a query or like write an email, pick up my phone, look for something, you know, it's a drug. Instant thumbification, you said? I like that. Instant thumbification. Yeah. I have a question for you yeah. about that. Yeah. Um, and this is just what I gathered from it. So I want to hear like your clarification yeah. or just your opinion. 
do you does the blue dot represent connection and doesn't in any way represent loneliness and not just for you but i think for people in general like do you think that notifications the amount of messages you get the amount of likes anything related has to do with a longing for connection that's maybe missing especially if you know that blue dot is not there um which also connects to like a deeper feeling of loneliness for people in general. I've never thought about it or described it as loneliness. Um, but I think it's, I think it is. Um, I think also a form of distraction. And, th and that's mm -hmm. more how I viewed it. Like I like those blue dots, those red dots, those new things, because I don't want to have to deal with what I'm looking on on my computer screen. I don't want to have to deal with the struggle. I don't want to have to push through like challenge. So I'd rather be distracted by something that I feel like I should attend to or something new. But I do Instant think that there's gratification. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I just need something. I get what you mean. A little now. boost. And I think loneliness is definitely part of it. Because if you think about it, like if you had maybe someone that maybe I had someone sitting right next to me, if I was in an office, instead of going to my phone, maybe I'd be like, oh, yo, Kim, this sucks. <laughs> like. And then, yeah. <laughs> You'd be like, yeah, <laughs> I'd feel so much better. I'd be like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe I need a new job, guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, it goes back to the variable ratio reinforcement theory about how you're constantly rewarded to see like fresh new posts on social media or messages, which can take the, it's an easier reward than you doing your work, which is going to take much longer to see the results. So that like, instant gratification monkey is always looking for what's the quickest way to get that reward but i think for people on another end it's also it could also be like longing for connection so it's different for everyone but that's kind of just what came to mind from what you said from your paragraph trisha you were mentioning purpose earlier on in the episode and i would just like to know do you guys feel like you understand what your purpose for using social media is now Definitely. I think I have a purpose for each account. I think Snapchat streaks give me a level of commitment to the people that I keep streaks with, commitment of contact. Um, and sometimes I need that accountability. So I think that's just like if I, if I see something and I immediately want to share it with someone, I'll use Snapchat. Instagram is a hub of information for me now. I barely see people's pictures anymore. Um, except for like the few people that come up. So Instagram is an information resource and I love soaking in new information. So I'll be on Instagram for, I have an hour and a half limit on it, but I'll exceed it most days. And so, but in that time, I'm mostly soaking in information. I don't really use Twitter and Facebook is just like my contacts list, like an extended contacts list. I don't really go on Facebook timeline to see people's new pictures or their posts or anything like that. So I'm actually barely seeing what people are up to anymore. I'm using social media as a way of contacting people um, directly, like you mentioned, Teresa, like through messages and Instagram, things like that, or, or um, as an information resource. And I'm okay with that. I post pictures not that often. I usually post pictures when, for me, it's about a little bit about art. I like like a pop of colors if something's like an aesthetic. And honestly, I've also done it when 
I'm just really feeling myself. If I'm really feeling myself, I might post on Instagram. <laughs> and I don't really know what the psychology behind that is, but that's why I post. If I'm just feeling myself where I'm at location-wise, my outfit, maybe I liked my hair that day, or I traveled somewhere, I'll post. Um, but I have to be feeling a high. I can never post when I'm feeling like when I'm feeling low. So sometimes a whole year will go by before I post on Instagram again. But when I'm feeling that high, I'm feeling good about myself, I'll post. Which again goes back to people be posting when they're best selves, you know? And I do it too, so just have to be careful. How are you guys? Like, do you have your purpose for why you're using social media? Yeah, I, I love that question, Kim, because I feel like it's not something that I've really ever thought about. Like, what is my purpose with, with using this? Um, but I think naturally, um, over time, I've developed a healthier purpose with it. I think right now, as I mentioned before, in terms of making new friends, it's a platform for me to understand what's going on in the local communities and like looking up local businesses and whether it's like a CrossFit gym or like Filipino communities, it's like the new Yelp face, because I feel like we see use Yelp and Facebook for that stuff, but I feel like most organizations are using Instagram now and so for me it's been mostly that um and also some of that like yeah it's for exchanging information with new people that I meet and getting a very slight snapshot into their life um previously though I think similar to you Trisha like when I would post because I used to be the type of person to like post like once a week and like throw a story in every couple days when I would do that I wanted validation I wanted the comments I wanted the likes I wanted the replies um just to validate that like I'm I don't know a worthy person and I like I, I think a lot of the times like like I said before I would mask that by only really posting something like funny and in the back of my head I was like oh yeah I'm just trying to make people laugh um and like I'm that's that was like, kind of like my brand but I think underneath it all, like, I really just, I wanted the validation. I think that was my previous purpose with it that I've been trying to kind of dismantle. Or It's cool having this conversation because I, I think it's honestly made me realize how, how far I've gotten with it. How, I feel like we've all gotten, mm -hmm. all come pretty far with it. Oh, yeah. What about you, Kim? I actually find Facebook great for networking because I, I love Facebook for the community with the groups and everything especially me pursuing more creative endeavors, I find a lot of support in community and being able to connect with other people who are interested in the same field. So I've been able to make a lot of great connections through Facebook groups. Instagram these days really just feel like work to me. Um, you know, Trisha and I have been strategizing about our social media and figuring out like things we need to post. And it can be quite overwhelming at times thinking about how you know, you've heard things like, oh, yeah, brands need to be posting like once every single day. You need to post not just a picture, but now you need to post a reel. And it's just so much content that I have to be thinking about all the time. It can be stressful. So I don't really use Instagram um, just like recreationally. You know, like for me, I think about Instagram as, OK, this is just like work because there's like a few different accounts that I have to manage. But yeah, my, my purpose has definitely shifted. I don't think I rely so much on the numbers as much these days. Yeah, like a portfolio. Like I totally it totally slipped my mind that, you know, people use social media for businesses, 
for networking and as their like creative and artistic portfolios and not necessarily for like viewership all the time but a place to kind of put all your content um and if people want to see it they can but um yeah kim yours is definitely a little bit different it sounds like like your usage of it which i kind of like because you're using it as a tool you know for your own like progress and your own growth rather than and and it's cool social media is cool when you use it as a tool um whether it's for like work or anything like that then I, they say it's one of like the top 10 most useful skills to learn in today's time because it's like the one place where everyone comes together so if people are coming together like what are they coming together for so I'll always stay away from like you know negative negativity you know people that will just post like negative comments and get into like arguments and have you ever seen those on like Facebook posts and Instagram posts but really just using it like in a positive way too like if we're all going to come together in a central location let's use it for good and for appreciating one another i agree we should make a pledge the three of us for like one way that we're going to change our use of social media or like just use it differently make it more positive for us like what are you guys let's pledge to do like one thing differently i love that That we think (laughs) what helps okay so one thing i've been terrible about terrible with these days is phone usage right before bed i was like reading some research into how that can delay and disrupt your sleep and over time having less sleep could negatively impact your mental health right that could like lead to depression and like other illnesses so i want to just leave my phone outside of my room charging somewhere else like i don't want to wake up and the first thing i grab is my phone so i think i would like to pledge to get off my phone maybe an hour or two before bed and not even thinking about it the next morning until i brush my teeth or whatever you know or like get my first like sip of coffee i don't want to touch my phone in that time frame i love that that's a really good one i think i i actually tried doing that when i was back in, in the east coast still and I had like my whole setup. One thing that helped me with, with that, that's not working right now because I don't have it here, is that I had an Alexa Echo Dot and having her and um, it, <laughs> um, and having like my phone in a different room was really helpful because then I could just like have Alexa or Google Home, whatever you have, just, you could be like, hey Alexa, wake me up at seven. And it just, it decreased the friction to like set an alarm and like it just made it so easy that like I didn't really need the phone thing. And I felt amazing during that time I was able to do that. Um, But right now I'm totally in the place where I like go to bed and I'm like, just like my phone's in my face and I wake up, you know, it's like through hinge. Like, (laughs) like, it's not great right now. There have been times where I just be scrolling and I'm so tired that my phone just slips and like smacks me in the face. (laughs) Oh my God. You have some battle scars up there? (laughs) I've been wanting to do this for a while, but setting allocated social media times in the day, I'm not allowed to use social media other than those times. So like time blocks, it could be like 30 minutes after I wake up, after I've done all my stuff, I can be on social media, check my messages that came in throughout the night for up to 30 minutes or something. Then in the afternoon after lunch, I can check for 30 to 45 minutes and then maybe in the evening and then maybe in the night for 30 minutes because we have to be realistic, right? So maybe like three or four different time blocks in the day and just sticking to that. And then also 
maybe if it becomes a thing i can let people know i'm on social media at this time like if my friends ask or start questioning why i don't get back to them right away because i'm only on social media at these times but if you need to reach me you can text or call so i feel like i've added all of the friction points i possibly could have i think like i definitely want to reintroduce the not using it in the morning and at night um i had that for a little bit but i'm, I'm wondering if there's something new that i can do it's, it's interesting because I know we were talking this whole time about social media and the negative effects and it has and everything, but ironically, the thing that I want to do is use it more in efforts to introduce it back into my life in a healthy way. Because I think I, I do have a better relationship with now, um, but I'm still kind of like in this space where I feel like I'm hiding on it, where I like don't have a post in like since like four or five years ago. I like, I don't, I don't participate in it. But I kind of want to play around with being in the arena, being a little bit vulnerable, using it in a way that I feel like it's helpful for me and like sharing, sharing a little bit more with with friends that I care about or even just sharing like an opinion that I have. Because I feel like because of how negative it affected me, I went into this huge turtle mode of like, let me just get it out of my life. But I think for me, I want to like ease back into it. I think that with everything that you take out of your life, it's always good to kind of find its place in moderation and I kind of want to put I want to make a post <laughs> like, I, want, I think I think what you guys do like in, like with the podcast for example Kim what you do with your content is I don't know if you guys have read like Brene Brown stuff but like being in the arena like kind of putting yourself out there being vulnerable is something I want to be able to do more with with myself and kind of be more secure with that part of myself and I, I'm gonna make a post sometime you know <laughs> I love me. that I love that you mentioned that that's like saying you're done with relationships. Like an analogy would be like, you're done with relationships because you got hurt once. So now you're going to go and like never try a relationship ever again for the rest of your life until you die. And I feel like that people have that like extreme mindset, like one or the other, but truly being secure, like truly having a good relationship with something would mean that you'd be able to be vulnerable again and trust yourself trust the emotions that come up for you, you know, in the process of using it. So I actually really like that you said that. That teaches me actually on what I need to work on. Being more active? Like you th you want to also be more active? or I think just the theme behind that where like I will just go into turtle mode with a lot of things sometimes because I'll feel like negative emotions about it and then I'll just, I'll go into like just, I'll retreat into myself for however long and then I'll like peek back out. But like you, you mentioned you felt like you were hiding. I feel like I am hiding a lot and I don't, I don't want to do that. I want, I think true, a mark of true strength for me would just really not caring and really presenting myself as like a strong footed person and being vulnerable in every space and with every person and then places where that's not respected, then I can easily walk away from that. But I, I do like that perspective on not trying to get away from it as much but hey let me get closer to you let me improve my relationship with you I think that's interesting oh thank you so much for joining us in this discussion Teresa it was so lovely having you and hearing your thoughts this was such an enlightening conversation to have and I feel like a lot of people will be able to resonate with our experiences thanks for letting me join um this is the first time I've ever really joined in on a, on a podcast um and it was really fun.
I miss you guys. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for listening. If you got this far into the podcast, don't forget you can check us out on Instagram at Lucid in Translation. For any serious inquiries, you can reach out to us, lucidintranslation at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate us five stars. We appreciate the love. See you next time. Bye-bye.